All right, Keith. It's been a long time. We ready? Yeah, we're going. All right, so that song, John, that we just heard is part of our new Flumadiddle tradition that we're starting right now. Um, but I don't know what we're going to call it. I don't know what we're going to call it, but we got to figure it out. Maybe we'll figure it out by the time. And we may have to record this again because it looks like it's still peaking. It's pretty hot, but uh, we're going to try it. So it's uh, basically a music documentary. A documentary. Documentary. Right here, Keith. You know, everybody's got the COVID playing music at home, doing concerts in their living rooms. This is nothing like that, but we are, <laughs> on the other hand, we are making a podcast at the end of your gravel driveway out in the kind of near the woods here where your home, future home will be. And so if y'all hear little raindrops in the background birds. and some uh, critters and creatures, some beautiful birds, don't be scared. That's right. This we're is, out here socially distancing. This is the new norm, man. Keith, I'd say we're about uh, 125 feet from the nearest person other than yourself. And we're like we're outstanding in our field. We're, we're literally doing. standing in our field. Right. And um, so anyway, that song was "Shout" by Tears for Fears. Tears for, I remember when that came out; that was huge. Nobody had ever heard of them. All of a sudden, "Shout." Yeah, shout, like released in 1984, but real, real big in 1985. Yeah. So I thought one thing I thought was interesting, John, about it is a lot of people tried to, you know, discern what the meaning of it was. Yes. Uh, this one guy, Kurt Smith, he was quoted as saying, it concerns protests in as much as it encourage, encourages people not to do things without actually questioning them. Right. People act without thinking because that's just the way things go in society. So it's a general song about the way the public accepts any old grief which is thrown at them. Well, Keith, that has nothing to do with anything going on in our world right now, does it? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> just some uh, food for thought from... Uh, tears for fears there and uh another like interesting it. thing about the band though john I'll, I'll tell you this and then we'll let you tell whatever you know okay. about them. Yeah, absolutely man. they toured with a german band as like a uh i guess a cover band before they did this and okay. i saw this interview with the lead singer and he said uh they said so why did y'all stop that and he said we just didn't enjoy it and he said well what was it you didn't enjoy about it and he said well it's really the work ethic and I just thought, man, he's he's talking about how this German band must not have good work ethic or something, right? Right. That's not what he meant at all. He they had too good of work ethic. <laughs> no, seriously, he was he saying he wanted to be a rocker and not. He yeah, he was saying that like they figured out that they need because it was kind of this um, old adage back then that like if you just go to every club possible and just work your tail off, eventually you'll become famous. Right. And uh, he was saying that we just decided that maybe. Instead of doing that, working our tails off and maybe becoming famous, we'll just focus on the music and make creating something good. And then if it becomes famous, it becomes famous. So they stop working so much and just focus it on the art. Right. Instead and, of being road dogs, yeah. if you will. And it, it worked out for them, right? They were, Absolutely, Keith. Absolutely, man. Um, I don't have a whole lot to add on that, but I am glad that we're doing a little musical blurb. Yeah. We've got some musical podcasts focus on things, maybe like the history of the electric guitar some stuff like that, but I like the idea of interjecting a little musical giblet in there each week. So uh, why don't we just, uh, it's been a long time. You know, I called Keith the other day. I said, Keith, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day and Keith in a very sad voice said, we used to have a podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> so here we are, y'all. Plum and Diddle Podcast. And why don't we just do it like this? I'm John. And I'm Keith. And this is Plum and Diddle. Your somewhat reliable source of information for most things, John. Most things, Keith. Not limited to any one thing. So today we're going to talk about AR glasses. AR. What is AR, Keith? Augmented reality. Augmented reality. I wonder if more people have heard of that or, you know, for a long time, virtual reality. Yeah, VR. Yeah. Was the big thing. Right. And uh, before we get too deep into it, though, guys, you go out and donate to Widow's Link. The best way to donate now is just to sign up for our premium membership. Just do it. Come on. 100% of the proceeds will go to the Widow's Link ministry. Absolutely. And so you can do that at um, doyouflumadiddle.com. Contact us at doyouflumadiddle at gmail.com as well. So, Keith, there for a while, all I heard about was virtual reality as opposed to AR. And, you know, I don't know what the deal is. And they've come a long way on virtual reality as well. I listened to a guy, and I don't remember his name. I might figure it out later. But he is really a groundbreaking figure in the VR, AR world. Uh He's worked for Disney. He's worked for Microsoft, Amazon, and Apple. Wow. And he's the one who helped do the HoloLens stuff. Way back before that, he did the Aladdin ride at uh, Disney. Oh, okay. Because it was true VR stuff. But his concern is, I think he thinks in the long term that VR is not going to make it, possibly. It's less likely. I'll tell you why that is, Keith. Why would that be? I don't know. He says it is for lack of a compelling storyline. He said even Hmm. games after all these years, the storyline is just not there. Yeah. And he said, to, in terms of walking around in a virtual world, he's had lots of experience creating those kind of things. He said it's really just, it's not compelling enough for him. Yeah. Unless you're immersed in a story. At some point, it just gets boring. Well, I think all new, in this VR world. All new tech is really waiting on that killer app. You know what I mean? Right. And so, like, I think well, what... VR is not new for him. He's been doing right, it for Right, not for years. him. You're right. But, I, you know, it has come a long way. My son has the Oculus Quest. Right. And I'm, you know, in the generation that we were expecting AR, I mean, VR, pretty much right. our whole life. We're like, oh, it's right around the corner. Oh, it's right around the corner. Oh, yeah, it's right I think it corner. might always be right around the corner. Yeah. I well, know. I don't know, man. I've played his Oculus Quest, and that thing is pretty phenomenal. I mean, I wonder what degree, what degree of vision do you have from just sitting there without turning your head? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty limited. I guess so. I haven't really paid that, that was a much concern. attention. We won't dive too far into the VR with that. Yeah, your peripheral vision is maybe not quite as good. And as he has some life, reasons that sure. unless that changes dramatically, yeah, and the UI that it'll be uh, an issue. So I will what, say though, just playing it though, I thought it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, like I've and, never and played you it. You so. do walk through a storyline. He's talking right. about not having a story. You kind of walk through a storyline. I think he's saying you walk through a bad storyline. Yeah, he's, compared he's to like a compelling so movie, that the best VR yeah. generally involves real humans in the storyline, right? Like some experiences he talked about with Disney and stuff. But before I digress there, okay. that was my way of shagging off VR and getting it out of the way. Okay, I got so you. we could talk yeah. about what because we're really talking about AR, AR. So mm-hmm. augmented reality, Keith. So tell the people what augmented reality is. Well, like you said, it stands for augmented reality. Augmented reality means just putting a digital overlay onto what you're seeing so most people probably have seen the microsoft hololens it's basically your glasses that you have on are clear right so that you can see the real world and then you got some kind of digital overlay on those glasses right 
that will be put into the real world. Now there's two ways to do that, John. There's 2D overlay and there's 3D overlay. And Can I interject right there just real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I was trying to explain that to my 11-year-old son, what we were doing our podcast on. Right. And after I hem-hawed and round about it, you know what the best way for him to understand was? What was it? He said, Dad, you mean like Tony Stark's glasses? Oh, yeah. I said, yes. Basically that, the idea of a clear lens. Yeah. Where Now, we're, dec- we're years and years away from that level of stuff, if ever. But yeah. the idea of having clear glasses on and having a digital overlay in your environment. Yeah, so if you've seen, probably, I think those glasses were in Civil War, and they were probably they were also in the newer Spider-Man the, movie. Yeah, they were really in the, the, featured in the yeah. newer Spider-Man thing. So. so if you've seen that, that's what we're talking about. And um, we're, we're going to get into a little bit how, how close we are to that and everything. But first, let's talk about the technical aspect. Um, so there's two ways to overlay a digital world onto your real world. One is 2D and one is 3D. Right. And what that means basically, John, just to give you an example, is if if I had a like a Google map in the corner of my eye up there, and when I turn my head, it went wherever I turned my head, that would be 2D. 2D. That would be 2D. Basically, my brain knows that it's on my glasses because it follows where I'm looking. It's on my glasses. That's scary, too. We'll get into that later, but that was this guy's concern. So the 3D one would be different than that. I would be looking at you right now, John, and say there's some information above your head about you, right? We'll talk right. a little bit about how scary that is. Right. Well, when Johnny's I look away, though, yeah. <laughs> when I w- look away, though, that information stays above your head. It don't follow me on my glasses. Gotcha. So it overlays the digital world into the real world and it stays there so that's the difference in the 3d and the 2d so your brain actually thinks it's there sitting above your head instead of being on your glasses gotcha whereas the 2d your brain thinks hey that's that's on my glasses and so there's good purposes for each one right and so and we're going to talk about that i think that's a good transition right there ar glasses do seem to be the next revolution in screen technology. Right. There's a lot of money being poured into it right now. Um, but we're not quite there yet, but I think we will be in the near future. So, but before we get into how close are, are we, let's talk about like, what actually can we do with AR glasses? Like what would be the the good things we can do and the bad things? Let's, I was going to say, let's start with something positive before John gets all cynical. Yeah, let's start with the positive here. things and then we'll go into the contingencies and concerns after that. So. Okay. Well, here's some ideas, uh, some neat things, and, and I'm not going to pretend like these uh, These are ideas that I've come up with, but, you know, what we're doing here, we've said it before, we work full-time, right? We, we take information and we repackage it so you don't have to do that for yourself. So let's imagine something as simple as filling a cargo plane. Yeah. So it's estimated that an experienced loader on a cargo plane can load 30% more than a new loader. So imagine that. You have to have 30% more flights. Imagine if you're talking about cross-country flights, what kind of ultimately billions of dollars you're talking about per year. Yeah. Just because this young guy doesn't know how to pack a plane. Wow. So I saw an example of using these glasses as a training tool. So this young guy looks in and he views almost a Tetris-like setup where it's showing him how to optimize the placement in this cabin. Yes. Yeah, so now maybe a third less airplanes are in the air. 
that would have been in the air before. Yeah, so training is a big thing. Um, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. We always thought we'd have holograms by this time in our life. That doesn't seem to actually be something that's possible to do, but this kind of makes it possible. It is the same guy that I'm refer. The reason I refer to him is this is one of the leading guys in the whole AR glass world, and mm -hmm. I'll have to figure out his name. Maybe I'll put it at the end. He talked about the the hologram. He said, really, what we're talking about, the 3D Star Wars kind of thing, is not truly a hologram. He said, but for all practical purposes, he called it a something presence. I yeah. forget how he said it, but the idea of a holographic is kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, like if you, like, okay, Pokemon Go is an example of something that you could have used with AR like glasses, an right? Reality yeah, it's type augmented thing. reality. Yeah. yeah, and so like if you had glasses on instead of looking at it through your phone, you would see the Pokemon standing in front of you. I mean, that's essentially a hologram, right? It's not technically because it's not some machine that's creating right. it without having glasses on, but your brain is just as good as a hologram. You know, with your glasses on, it looks like a hologram. Right. And so that that this makes that possible. And so, like you said, a lot of training applications because you can put these holograms in front of people when they can see how to do things. You got medical, like let's say, yeah. uh, practice in surgery instead of you know having just practice on live humans. You could practice with like holographic stuff. Right. Or uh, military applications, obviously uh, mechanical. I mean, just imagine this, John. If you had to put on a new fuel pump in your car and you've never done that before, right? You know, you might be able to dial up something kind of like we have YouTube today. Right. I've done that all weekend with car stuff. <laughs> yeah. And instead of it being a video, it's it's something that puts like a holographic overlay over your car and says, "Hey, put this part here." That would be so awesome, Keith. Because you know yeah. what I'd use that for today. So I recently got a used truck, and Keith, you know, back in the day. You know how hard or easy it was to get spark plugs out? Yeah. Like your kid could do it. Hey, get this socket, get this wrench, and take those four to eight spark plugs out and then plug them back. I mean, anybody right. could do it. Now you literally have to take apart umpteen things and half the top of the engine I know it. to get to some dang spark plugs, kid. Yeah. There's no sense in that. And so not just like a being in like a digital manual that the car can send to your glasses, you might actually be able to contact some kind of mechanic remotely and they can see what you're seeing and oh, then you can yeah. see their arm and the digital you know piece and them saying hey put it right here twist now, i like this, that you know? this guy brought that up too keith he was just talking about some high dollar uh usages like imagine you're on like a major oil or gas pipeline and there's something going on so you send this guy out and there's some kind of leak there's some kind of major issue that he's never seen before. Well, now you've got to call this whole, whole other guy in, get him on a helicopter, fly him out here to fix this thing. Well, now you've got those lenses and that mechanic you're talking about. That guy can see exactly mm -hmm. what this new guy's seeing, tell him how to fix that. And this whole video of this happening would be uploaded to like a training database. Yeah. So they would use these tools then to train and all of that would be ready for whether you're working on a pipeline whether you're working on a vehicle um, or for me i tell you what imagine this keith i would i wouldn't mind having these guys we'll get to the end of it i'll just hit the punchline for me i at this point there are so many privacy governmental and corporate control issues on something like that without some major changes happening now 
yeah. to our privacy stuff that I wouldn't be interested in wearing glasses like that if they did exist. Right. But well, if I could have some that weren't hooked to the internet, imagine yeah. this, Keith. I would love for those of us as we get older who need glasses. Yeah. Imagine a lens that you could buy that would adjust your ability to read and see just the physical kind of like act transition of, without having different without areas having different, of the lens. You yeah. could change the color or coating depending on the time of day. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You could awesome. change the lighting depending on what you're reading. You could blow up stuff that you could, I would like to have them just in terms of them being a visual, a fancy visual oh, yeah. aid. That's a good one. I didn't even think of that. Um, some other ones I, I jotted down here is, uh, well, in today's world, we got plenty of Zoom meetings going on, right? And yes, we do. Jitsi, if you like Jitsi. the the free stuff, and or uh, I'd say open source is open a better source, word for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we got a lot of those going. Imagine with AR glasses, good. though, good John. Good for you, Keith, with open source. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, so imagine, John, if I wasn't really here right now, but you're seeing me here. I'd prefer you to be here. I know. I do too, but but I get it. But you get it, like a Zoom meeting instead of it being like on your laptop with a lot, a lot of little squares. It, I could actually see you sitting in that seat right now because I have these glasses on, and it would be essentially like you're here. It would feel right. like you're here, you know, um, because you are. You'd have to have, I guess, some kind of camera that right. would, you know, create a rendering of you. But then it would put you on my glasses in that chair, and I could move my head, and you stay in that chair. It'd be just like you're here, you know. That's pretty neat, Keith. It is neat. So. Um, that's that's one thing. Art and design is an obvious thing. Artists and, and design, people who are in design, they could like sit there and throw this on that wall, but then take it down, throw this on that wall, take it down, and they could try to figure out what designs look oh, good. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, logistics is another thing that we could use this for. You know, um, like you already kind of mentioned a logistic thing with the pack and the plane. Right, the different very, things well, like logistics, that. yeah, that'd be huge. Um, and Especially then, this day and age, Keith, where we're for the foreseen future mm -hmm. where we're talking about staying at home more talking about ordering online more yeah you know as stuff gets shipped whether it's groceries whether it's our amazon stuff walmart stuff whatever i mean good grief i ordered two tires offline had them delivered to my door yeah you know logistics really interests me for some reason i feel like you know we always want to go to the hardest solution to problems Ackman's razor says go back to the simple solutions and a lot of things that we try to solve with technology and new products and stuff like that could probably just be solved with logistics and human power you know there what you I mean? go man but that really interests me anyway another thing is uh, tourism I mean you think about if if we were you know billionaires now John with Flumadiddle I mean we're on our way but if we were already <laughs> there we'd already be uh we would open up this right now because this is an idea I've had for a little while. Ever since right. I learned about Microsoft HoloLens, right. I thought something that'd be real cool is like a Flumadiddle Museum where you go through and what, say we have like this uh, sec this section that is about like actors of the past, you know? Right. Well, you walk up and instead of just reading some little thing about some actor, you'd have like a holographic image of Jim Carrey giving you like this whole little speech to you, you know? Or Jimi Hendrix playing machine or, gun. Yeah, or Jimi Hendrix or whoever, right. you know? <laughs> and so, um, just these different things like that in museums, you could walk up and actually see holographic images pop up and talk to you. You could have holographic, uh, you know, tour guides so you wouldn't even have to hire a tour guide to take every group through you know you have this you know guy who takes you through um his name would be ed ed i, I like I ed is our, no he's our official flumma diddle guide tour guide <laughs> yeah. all right so um ed flumma. entertainment ed, ed, 
entertainment's an obvious thing. Right. So like you could basically throw a screen on a wall and watch Netflix and you could make that screen as big as you want to. Right. Um, we already mentioned virtual meetings. What about social media and ads? That's going to bring us right into our contingencies well, and concerns. Yeah, let's get out. Let's. That's a good transition, Keith. Yeah. So one of the major concerns is who's coming up with these lenses. Mm-hmm. Keith, you and I are uh, Apple. Me, me on the on one side, and I've you know. Well, let's put it this way. I'm the more geeky techy person, but you've become. Oh, you're you're a little bit on the geeky techy side. I usually just too. ask you. You ask me, which I ask <laughs> you if it's if it's financial stuff or something along those lines, business stuff. I ask Keith and vice versa. But I use Android phones and I like the freedom I have to do things. But I have considered switching over to Apple products. I've got a Mac, but I've considered switching over to. There's an people iPhone. get really upset about these arguments. This Apple they do. Android they get stuff. torn up. But I tell you what, if Google doesn't do something about their privacy stuff, them and Facebook is the worst. Yeah. There's some very serious concerns because when you're talking about glasses like this, ultimately the issues of manipulation, mm-hmm. the things that people would know about you. To do some of the stuff we're talking about, it would have to have eye tracking features, yeah. which means this thing would know what you're looking at at all times. That's crazy. It was talking about stuff that you wouldn't. This guy, it's too deep to go into here, but the ability to just manipulate people with ads based on things they look at, things they know, people they like, things they like, uh, something as simple as a car ad can get pretty ominous when you listen to this guy talk about the way some of these companies, particularly his concern, was Facebook. The company he was least concerned about in order was Apple, Amazon, Google, and then Facebook at the very bottom of the totem pole. Oh yeah. And he said until until companies like especially Google and Facebook, as long as they operate on an ad based revenue model, he said he would never remotely consider using AR glasses from a company like that. Yeah. Ads, ads is a big deal because I mean if you got your screen uh, we already have our face in our screens a lot imagine right. if your screen's in front of your eyes 24-7 that's the concern is that that as long as that's the business model yeah. that the privacy issues are going to persist his thoughts about Apple he, ha- he doesn't work there anymore but he still has a close connection with Apple and he says that they've always been a consumer product company yeah. So them pleasing the consumer and getting out products that people like, not selling ads, is their number one concern. Yeah. So the fact with, that that's the Facebook, case. With Facebook, we are the product. We are the product. Mm-hmm. If you're pay, if you're not paying for it, you are. Oh, let me put Microsoft in there. I think it was Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google. Then on down the line. Yeah. Microsoft is not primarily an ad company either. Right. Microsoft has, saw you know they're a software company primarily and a cloud service provider. Yeah. So. Until he says now, if it's going to be kind of this non-dystopian, um, I keep saying he, so everybody's going to wonder who it is. But just look up. It starts with the letter A, second letter Z, and you can find him online. He's worked for all these companies, Microsoft. He did okay. the HoloLens, and um, I can't pronounce his name. So. I got you. Um, but anyway, really smart guy. Unless it's a consumer product company who has incredibly high standards for privacy, yeah, it could be a wreck. And it could be very much a tool of manipulation and control. So, you know, there's kind of this thought these days that privacy is a thing of the past. Uh, He doesn't believe that, thank God. I don't either, either, but I I think that society as a whole has almost accepted that, though. It seems like they have. 
It, and that's trouble. That's troublesome. It is troublesome. Let's see. Let me find this guy's name. Um, as you, mosquitoes well, are coming to get me, man. I don't want to spread on my face though. While you're finding it, John, I'll give you an example of why this can be scary. Imagine Avi Barzeev. Avi Barzeev. A V I. Middle name B A R dash C E E V. So he's got some really good stuff about, you know, the contingency concerns about this. Like I said, he did the HoloLens, worked with Disney, Microsoft, Amazon, and Apple. And is kind of on the front lines of this AR stuff for years and years and years. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you an analogy here why why this could be bad. All right. Imagine, John, that someone walks by you and they can tell the following just by looking at you. Your name, your birthday. Your likes and dislikes, movies, music, travel, food, Ooh, where you like to go, Facebook. where you've been, your political preference, mm. your family and your close friends' names. Bad, bad, bad. Um, where you're from, bad. several places you've been in just the last few days or weeks, bad. and where you're about to go. Now, just think about that. Is that scary? That's scary. Every single bit of that information people freely give on Facebook freely right now just freely right give it now. up now imagine you have Facebook now with facial recognition 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 yeah Fa facial recognition and it's on your augmented glasses so when you walk by someone and you see it and your glasses recognize them then all this information just pops up around them or in front of them or across your screen and you just know all this or you can choose to know anything you want to know about but guess it. what key our privacy controls are such that you can control all that until you find out oh wait a minute we were sending all your feeds to everybody in your city by accident for the last week and but we yeah. figured it out now and it's all okay that's what he kind of says facebook gets caught doing something they're like we're sorry we're not going to do that again until, until the did. next time yeah he said he even talked to he even talked to some of the high level execs at Facebook and asked them that said if you could come up with a business model yeah that did not depend on you selling ads would you do that and they said yes and we'd still do ads right so they're not interested in changing no they're not so no, they make their money off of them but okay so some other concerns basically um, how about driving distractions that definitely need to be oh, some some yeah. ways to to not have these things on during um, while you're driving, right? right. Um, I wouldn't want to be bombarded with ads. Apple is pretty good about letting you limit that stuff. Yeah, that's why you'd have to get a consumer-oriented company. Yeah, and you'd have to have. I definitely some serious... would get Facebooks if they had them, just because. Man, what, I'm all seeing the mosquitoes coming, coming out. I told you they're about key. to get bad, man. Might so, want to use some more of that. Well, we're getting spray. close to finishing up here, so um, well, we've painted a, a. I'm not. I'm not quite done. Man. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, well, I don't care if it runs over a little. I know you're getting eat up by skew here. Use some more of this stuff. <laughs> I, I want to finish oh, this one. Try. I like right, this ahead, one. Go ahead. Okay. I'm trying um, to get. It. I don't hate this stuff. I don't want to get it. So, we will need to definitely have some features and controls over all these things, or I don't. Yeah, you know, I say, or we want to set them. I think the public probably will just because they want them so bad, but. Hopefully, people will not accept it unless it has some features and controls. Unless it's like Wally, isn't that isn't that it? You're gonna float around in your little fat pod and eat milkshakes. And I know, gosh. Get fed videos all day long. So, is all this stuff? We just want to get real quick into the how far are we on this stuff before we okay. finish, John? Is all this stuff? A lot of it sounds like science fiction. Here's the thing that people probably don't realize: almost every single one of these capabilities that I talked about 
you actually can do those things with the Microsoft HoloLens. Right. So the capabilities is actually already here. We already have the technology. The problem is, is why, why do we not all have them? Why do you not see them everywhere? Why do we not have a consumer product that is what we would call AR glasses? A few reasons. One, HoloLens. I got three for you too. So okay. just call them out and see what you got. Okay, the HoloLens doesn't sell to consumers. They only sell to like businesses. They're about $3,500 each. Okay. Um, the HoloLens is kind of bulky, so it's not for everyday okay, wear. that's it. That's the big one. Oh, that's one of the big ones. Size and weight. If you've ever yeah. worn just regular glasses with a with a decent sized lens, yeah. to think about wearing something like that all day, it'd have to be super lightweight. Right. And so I think the reason why I said I think we're only a few years out because Apple has had a release date for a glasses that would be more for everyday wear that are augmented reality, but they keep pushing it back. They pushed it back to at least 2022 now. It was supposed to be a release date of 2020, John. But they okay. pushed it back to 2022, and now with the coronavirus going around, who knows, it could be further than 2022. Right. But the the design that you see out there for the Apple AR glasses, which may not be what they look like at all, it's just kind of like some mock-up designs. Right. They seem to be like high-priced sunglasses with you know thick frames to house some of the guts, but they are actually going to rely for the bulk of the processing to come from their iPhone. Okay, well, then that's what you'd have to do. He wanted yeah. to do with some of the lens. You'd have to get that processing off of the glasses and get it to... He was talking about actually using, back in the Microsoft days, of using an Xbox to mm -hmm. do the processing because that's the next thing. Keith, when we got this computer right here, we're outside, so we got some good cooling, but I'm touching the side of it, and I feel something coming out of that side, Keith. Yeah, heat. And it's heat. Heat dissipation... You can't have this hot thing on the side of your head. And, you know, when you start talk, talking about putting that kind of processing in a little small thing on your face. Yeah. Battery life and heat so dissipation are huge. They're planning on doing the bulk of the processing in their iPhone and it being a Bluetooth device. Right. And so really the guts uh, would not be in the glasses. Right. You know, so that might actually work. You might actually could do that with uh, some smaller frames that were wearable. Right. All right, so I think, John, that it's going to be kind of like the, the smart watches were. You didn't have a whole lot of smart watches out there until Apple told everybody that they wanted a smart watch. Because that's how Apple works. People don't decide they want a smart watch. Apple tells them they want a smart they watch. They make one, and you just can't live without this. Yes. And you'll be cooler if you have it. And I think that's how it's going to work with these glasses. And Apple, and I'll have to say this, Apple makes great products. I don't own them because they're generally oh, yeah. expensive, and I don't like the restrictive nature of the um, the whole Apple environment. Right. I like the freedom that I get with Android. On the other hand, you can't get rid of It's hard to use Android without Google. There are ways if you want to get geeky and go open source, but that messes up the 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 functionality, functionality to a great yeah. degree. So I like Mac Mac or Apple stuff, but I don't like the restrictiveness of it. But if it came down to something like a lens like that, I would at this juncture have to choose something like Apple. Yeah. Over because they do take not that they hadn't had a couple of faux pas this last year or so, but they generally take consumer privacy much more seriously than any of the other big tech companies. And the, and that's from so for anybody out there who hates Apple or whatever, that's from a guy who's used Android phones for the last 10 years. Yeah. Who has a Windows PC and an old Mac 
but I've used this primarily. So I like Apple products and I appreciate it, but I don't use them daily. And, and usually what follows behind that is when, when Apple tells the people they want the watch, right? Then everybody who has Android says, where's my watch? So, right. you know, then they want to watch too. And, uh, and so then there's a market for it. Right, and I think that's how it's going to happen with these glasses. The, Apple will create the market, you know, with just the uh, status of having these things. Right. And then people will want them, and they'll get them, and then that will follow with other Android. And, and Android might beat them to the punch, but the market will be created by something like Apple. Maybe. And then these other people will follow with better products and stuff. It's all going to be kind of like an Apple-Android kind of thing. There's not just going to be the day here AR appeared, you know? Yeah, the first exactly. iPhone came out, the first Android phone came out, and it's going to be a generational thing. It may start and be usable in three to five years, but over succeeding generations, now we're on what the iPhone 11s, yeah, you know, Androids on version 10. So it's going to be kind of an early adopter type thing, right? And then there's going to be, again, I'm pulling most of my stuff from this this Avi guy, and he said it's going to get to a tipping point. There's not going to be one day where you said, "Well, AR finally happened." Kind of yeah. like there wasn't just one day that you said smartphones were ubiquitous but you look back and say oh yeah about 2010 2012 that's when it really right and by the time you hit the that, iphone yeah. 4 iphone 5 too, yeah. then it got or about the time you got to um android not lollipop well about lollipop and now on up to pi and then the newest android it's going to be that kind of thing you won't know it till you look back and you're going to say yeah about that yeah. fifth generation right. is when it kind of Everybody said, oh, now my grandpa's got those so he can read the newspaper every yeah. Sunday or Yeah, and I think it's it, they're coming. I mean, they're coming whether we want them or not. And my question to you, John, is do you want them? It depends who what? they're from, yeah. who makes them, what the privacy policies right. are on it. I don't think I want it on a daily basis. I say that now, and I'll probably piddle with my phone more than I ought to. But yeah, I'm perfectly saying, putting like, that phone away. I can say that, but then I can look at my screen time. The Apple sends you at the end of the week, and I'm like, oh, crap, man. I look at well, my phone more than I thought But I do love the idea of just the increased ability to see. Yeah, that is you know, cool. That's for me, a, I, like functionally that. I didn't even think about that. To be able, hey, because all of us, as we get older, especially the younger generation that's been staring at screens since they were toddlers. Yeah. You know, Imagine them in their 40s. They're going to be needing glasses that an 80-year-old used to wear, probably. So, so, so what features would you be most excited about, John? Just real quick before we finish. I think just the the features that would physically help me to see better, like okay. this right eye of mine. Yeah, I've got some issues with some fuzziness, no matter what kind of glasses. I like that something too. that could correct that and just help me see more clearly. Mm -hmm. That might be for a guitar. I could look up. Now this would be neat for a, a song instead of looking on YouTube. I'm doing guitar lessons, and now I've got this really great finger picker that I like sitting across from me. Yeah, that's cool. And I can say, okay, play that part, and I can literally watch his watch hand. Watch him like he's something. there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Or that, or probably the fix in the car, or doing yeah. a home project. I like all those things. I yeah. like that real handy I think it needs, stuff it'll probably have thing. to be coupled with like a little earbud too, so we can hear, you know? Right. Yeah. But um, I think probably, you know, everybody thinks this could be driving distractions, but I think one thing would be like instead of having your Google Maps on your little car display or on your phone where you have to look away from the road actually having your Google Maps or, or iPhone Maps or whatever maps you use in the corner of your eye up there so you can just kind of glance real quick and see where you're going. And it can even be off until it says to turn. You know what I mean? 
and right. they said, give you turning directions real quick and then go back off. That actually could be less distraction. Right. Or like your text message, instead of it coming across on your phone, everybody looking down to see they got text, just kind of a quick glance across the top, but you're actually still looking at the road. You don't take your eyes off the road. Right. I think it could help with driving distractions. distractions. Mm-hmm. And Keith, let me just say this. I don't want to stir up any more Apple Google mess, but I will <laughs> I say this. As much as I love Apple hardware, so many emails, don't, don't use Apple Maps. No, I Even know, the I people don't. at Apple don't use Apple I, Maps. Yeah, I have an iPhone, and I use Google <laughs> Nobody Maps. Nobody uses yeah. Apple Maps, if you do. Hey, I tell you what, just for searching things, too, Siri sucks compared to Google. It does. The Google Assistant is better, but I'm still concerned about the privacy stuff. But, yeah. you know, once you get like a... I need what I got to do. See, I have to take Apple scraps from people because I'm just a poor boy from Alabama. So when that next person gets their new iPhone 12 next year and they've just got a measly little 11 they want to get rid of because they love John, then I'll get me some. There you go. Well, Keith, uh, I guess we should say this. Thanks for joining in and, and... this Maybe is in awesome. the future, you'll be listening to our podcast with us sitting right in front of you. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, we'll be. We'll have AR podcast. Oh, I like that. I just created that. We could come to Off your the top house. of my head. We, you know what, Keith? The first if place anybody we are coming to that, Ireland. I want royalties. Just say. When AR happens, we're coming to. Ireland. We're still waiting on that uh, rich Irish benefactor to fly us over to Ireland. I know. So we can do our podcast, and I hope the Irish hadn't given up on us, Keith, because it's been. You know, there's a lot of hectic stuff. Right. Thank goodness we're still, with our jobs, we're still able to work. We haven't lost a lot of work time. And, uh, you know, we really feel for those who may be listening, especially if you've lost a job or lost lots of finances or had a loved one sick. We just uh, pray grace and peace and provision for you. And we just thank you for listening to some podcasts. I think... We got an owl. Well, that's a dog. There was an owl. I thought so. I thought I heard a Yeti. We're in the Him- we're in the lower regions of the Himalayas. Uh, yeah, out here. we recorded in the evening time. It's starting to get dusk, and <laughs> I think there's a turkey out there, kid. All right, do you at gmail.com. Do you and uh, at do you on that horrible devil that is Facebook. <laughs> That's right. All right, we love you guys. All right, peace out. <laughs>